0: Amen. It's all about the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Without the blood, there is no remission of sin. Good to see each one again. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to John chapter 8, the Gospel of John chapter 8. I want to talk to you this morning about freedom and how freedom is a gift from God. One passage of Scripture, now stay there in John. We're going to look at a a passage in Luke here in a moment, but keep your finger in John because we'll be coming back to it also. But one passage of Scripture we want to use to uh, start this message with this morning, talking about freedom. And the Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We're talking about freedom. How can, uh, the, how can uh, you know, we, the truth, what is the truth? And how can that truth set us free? And what is it that truth sets us free from? We hope to answer those questions this morning. Tomorrow, this great nation will celebrate its 246th birthday. And with that celebration, there will come you know, a lot of fireworks. There will come a lot of parades, you know, picnics and many speeches commemorating you know, our nation and the freedom that we have as you know, a result of it. Our freedom from the tyranny of Great Britain, that's what it's all about. You know, however, this nation's freedom is only a temporary thing. If a a powerful power, should I say, you know, were to rise in this world like it will just prior to the tribulation period, you know, this nation will will cease, I'll get it out in a minute, to exist as a world power. I will assure you, during the tribulation period, you don't find the United States mentioned within Bible prophecy because at that point, the United States of America will no longer be a world power. Now, I know you say, well, that sounds far-fetched, Pastor. Look at how great we are as a nation. You know, but you know, the, that, that, that probably felt uh, far-fetched to such world powers as the Persians, as the Babylonians, as the Greeks, as the uh, Romans. They all thought it was far-fetched to think that they could lose power, you know, that they had. We as a nation enjoy unparalleled freedoms. And when other nations were ruled by tyrants, our founding fathers established us as a Republican democracy. The Bill of Rights, it guarantees us freedoms that were not generally granted during the early 18th century. The freedom to worship, the freedom to speak out against government, the freedom to have a trial by a jury of our peers. This nation has defended her freedoms through the course of 246 years in in history. From Lexington and Concord to Gettysburg to Emojima, you know, the deserts of Afghanistan, men and women have given their life in order for us to have the freedom that we have as a nation. And folks, because of that, we ought to cherish the freedom that we have as a nation. Although we enjoy unparalleled freedom as Americans, folks, the freedom we find in Christ Jesus surpasses all the freedom we can have as a nation. Jesus said, you know, that, that, uh, you know we can be free. He said in John eight thirty six, if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. Listen, true freedom can come no other way except through Jesus Christ. Any freedom outside of Jesus Christ, folks, is an illusion because it is only temporary. The, 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 the freedoms that we have as a nation, as precious as they are, folks, can be taken away from us at any moment. In fact, we have those, you know, freedoms being threatened now by associate liberals who have overtaken our government. It won't surprise me if before long, you know, we don't have the freedom to worship the way we do now. Yet the freedom we enjoy in Christ, folks, can never be taken away. Now, this morning, we want to ta- talk about this true freedom that we have in Jesus Christ and exactly what it means for you and I. What is true freedom? Now, the dictionary describes freedom as this, a state in which somebody is able to act and live as he or she chooses without being subject uh, to any undue restraints or restrictions. Now, think about that for a moment. That's the, bi- of the uh, dictionary definition. Now, that can be good, or that can be bad, depending upon the heart of the person who is making the choice how they're going to be subject to certain restraints, or certain restrictions that's laid before them. You see, for some, if there are no uh, restraints, if there are no restrictions on what they can do, they're constantly going to make bad, evil choices. But if we're to understand just what freedom is, I think we must understand what freedom is as defined in the Word of God because that's what matters, how it's defined within the Word of God. Did you know that in the Bible there's a common verse about freedom that's used among Christians and non-Christians alike? In fact, this this one verse has been, you've heard it in movies, you've heard it in TV shows, you've heard it in films. That one verse is our scripture text this morning, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You've heard that in movies before. You've heard that in, you know, uh, some television shows before. And though it's been quoted many times in many arenas, most of the time it's being used without having the proper understanding of the context of that passage of scripture. So what is this freedom being talked about here? More importantly, how can we attain this true freedom? Freedom that is going to last, not just temporary, but freedom that's going to last throughout eternity. So to fully understand the context of John 8, 32, we need to continue to read the following verses in in John's gospel here. In fact, verse 36, look down at verse 36. It says, and if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free Indeed, in other words, true freedom can only be found in Christ Jesus. If we're going to experience the biblical definition of freedom, folks, it can only be found in in, in Jesus Christ. If the Son, who is the Son? The Son is no other than Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ sets us free, we're going to be free indeed. It's not going to be a temporary thing. It's going to be an eternity. It's going to be an eternal thing. And, and, and just like what, uh, you know, John eight thirty six is saying, if the Son, meaning Jesus, sets you free, there's no question about whether we're free or not. Why? Because Jesus Christ has always been God's answer, not just to our sin, but Jesus Christ has always been God's answer to our freedom. And when Jesus began his ministry here on the earth, you know, he announced that he was the one He was the one that God's people had been waiting for. He was the one through which freedom would come. He is the one who who, who was, you know, they had been waiting on to free them, not just from the Romans, but from sin, death, and hell. In fact, hold your place there in John 8, but turn to Luke chapter 4. I want you to see how Jesus made this announcement. This is fantastic how Jesus made the announcement that he is the one that was going to set the world free. Jesus was in the temple one day, here in Luke chapter 4, and a scroll was given to him. And as he opened that scroll, he turned to the book of Isaiah. That's what was given to him. And let's take a look and see exactly what that scroll said, what that passage from Isaiah had to say. Was it a coincidence that this is the passage they gave him to read? I don't believe in coincidences in the Word of God. So Jesus gets up there. They hand him the scroll. They say, read this passage. And he begins to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Now here's what was written there. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Who was he making reference to? Himself. The spirit of God is upon me. Because he has anointed me, God has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Now look at this. He has sent me to proclaim liberty. What is liberty? Liberty is freedom. He has sent me to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. Again, to sit at liberty, he says. In other words, bring freedom to those who are oppressed to proclaim the the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, we're told there. there. He gives it back to the attendant, and he sits down. Now, look at this. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. (laughs) That kind of got their attention, okay? And he began to say to them as he sat down, he said, guys, this scripture I just read about freedom coming to people, about freedom from sin, freedom from death, freedom for the oppressed, freedom for those who are captivated by sin. He says today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearings. You know what he was saying to them? That's who Isaiah was talking about right here. I am the one who Isaiah wrote this for. Don't you know that got the attention of some of these religious people in the synagogue that day? In the last verse of the passage, we see that Jesus himself confirms how the scripture is being fulfilled right in front of them through him. In other words, I am Messiah. I am the one that Isaiah prophesied of. I am the one that you guys have been waiting on. I'm right here in front of you. I'm right here with you. Look, Jesus is the one that would free all of humanity from the bondage of sin, and he himself is the manifestation of freedom. Look, this just just means that without Jesus, folks, without accepting him as our Lord, without accepting him as our personal Savior, we can never attain true freedom. Yes, we might experience some type of earthly freedom, but it's only temporary. You see, without Jesus, we will always be doomed to experience chaos and disorder and, 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 and injuries we'll, we'll, our injustice. We'll always be subject to bondage and sin, whether that sin is alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography addiction or whatever. I don't care what addiction you have this morning to sin. Jesus Christ can free you from it. That's what he was talking about here. I can set the captives free. What is it that you're ca- has you captive this morning? What sin has you bound this morning? What sin you say, there's just no way I can uh, ever, you know, break free from this? You know what? Until you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can't. Because Jesus says, only me, only I can set the captive free. Now, you may go to AA, you may go to some of these other self-help groups or whatever, and you may be free from it for a while, but you know what? It's only temporary. It won't last. It won't last. If you want true freedom from your sin, that true freedom only comes through Jesus Christ. So, we experience godly freedom in Christ. Let's, Let's look at the second thing here. As we experience godly freedom in Christ, there's at least five areas that we experience freedom in. At least five. There's probably more, but at least five. Let's take a look at this. First of all, we experience freedom from death. The, probably the most familiar passage of Scripture is found in John 3, 16, You know where the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in him... Shall not perish. What's he talking about that? Shall not perish in a devil's hell. will have eternal life with Jesus Christ. You see, we have freedom from death when we know Jesus Christ. The very reason why Jesus had to die on the cross is to free all humanity from sin and give us the opportunity for eternal life in the place that he has gone away to prepare God loves us so much that that we're told that He sacrificed His own Son just to save you, just to save me from our sins, to save us from an eternal death and offer to us eternal life if we would only accept that death that He paid on Mount Calvary. Accept that sacrifice He made. The sacrifice, this, this sacrifice is what Christians call the good news. And, and it, it, it's the best news ever. It's the best news ever. You know, ha- having, by having faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we can be freed from the death that we deserve because of our sins against the holy God. It frees us from the punishment of all evil things that we have ever thought or that we have ever done. And folks, what's more amazing is that we're not only free from the bondage of sin, we can spend eternity with God, we can spend eternity with his people, and not only do we experience freedom from death, we also experience freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. Turn to John, well, you're already in, John, if you are still there. Look at verses 34 through 36. John 8, 34, and 36. We experience freedom from sin. Verily, verily, he says, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Now, what's he talking about practices sin? That's somebody who has habitual sin within their life. You're practicing it. That's what habitual sin is. It's something that you practice, you do on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a regular basis. So he who practices sin... What's he saying? You're a slave to that sin. That sin has you in change. That sin has you in bondage. Whatever that sin might be. He says you're a slave to that sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, sets you free from what? That sin that you're enslaved to. If the son sets you free You will be free indeed. Look, it's not temporary. It's not temporary. Will you have to fight the temptation sometimes? Yes, you will. But when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, folks, those chains of that bondage to that sin that has you bound are broken. They're broken. By you? No. By Jesus Christ. He has set you free from those sins. He has set you free from those chains now we have a choice (laughs) do we go back once he sets us free or do we choose to remain free so many times people choose to go back to that sin that they were enslaved to and how sad how sad that is Truth be told, after we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, after he breaks those chains, listen, Satan will not as, uh, uh, stop his attacks on us to draw, him back, to draw us back to him. In fact, he's probably going to do more. He's probably going to escalate his attacks on you. He's probably going to escalate his uh, temptation upon you. And this is what Christians must understand. Satan is not going to rest until he can do all he can to get you back in those chains. Look, that is why it's important to always choose God over everything else in your life. But don't worry because while we we still battle with sin, you're no longer a slave to it. You're going to battle sin, but please understand you're no longer a slave to it. You no longer have to do what the sin is telling you to do. You have a choice. You see, as long as you're enslaved to it, you really have no choice because it has you bound. It has you bound. You're going to do what it tells you to do. But folks, once Jesus breaks those chains, now you have a choice to remain in that sin or run away from it. Get totally away from it. And that needs to be what we choose. Through Christ, we can be set free from the bond, uh, bondage of vanity, of pride, of greed, of addiction, pornography, gluttony, selfishness, you know, whatever the sin might be. Now, we also have freedom to choose our own path. In other words, that leads to freedom to choose the path. Are you going to take the path back to that sin? Or are you going to take a path away from that sin? Let's look at a few verses here, first of all. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 6 and then Galatians 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says this. You say, I'm going to pull this out of the New Living Translation. He says, you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave. To anything. As a child of God, we cannot allow ourselves to be enslaved to any sin. But I'm afraid our churches are full of people who may come to church on Sundays, who may come on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, but they are enslaved to some sin within their life. Okay? But he he says, you know, though you're, you're... You can't allow yourself to go back to it. Don't become a slave to anything, he says. Then in in, in 1 Corinthians 9 and 19, he says this, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win some of them. And then in Galatians chapter 5, Paul says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now don't miss that. Why did Christ set me free from the bondage of sin? Okay, because so I could have that freedom that he offers. And he goes on, he says, stand firm then. Why should we stand firm? Because Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Now, I want you to look at the words he uses here, you know, bondage, chains, a yoke. You know, you put a yoke around a mule when you're plowing, which probably not too many in here has ever done, but you put a yoke around that mule, and you pretty much got him captured there, okay? You know, you hook those reins to him, and he's pretty much going to go where you tell him to go, and that's what (laughs) sin does until Jesus Christ sets us free from that. He takes off that yoke of sin. He takes off those chains that have you bound. And no longer are you a slave to it. Look, when God created man, he didn't create us as his robots. God, as God's creations, we have our own free will. And because of that free will, we have the, choose, uh, the choice, we ha- have the freedom to choose whether to accept that freedom offered through Jesus Christ or not to accept it. We have the free will to accept or reject the salvation that is found in Jesus Christ. But mind mind you, the Bible has a strong warning about the realness of hell. Let me tell you, if you ever hear a preacher talk about hell, and that preacher, and I've heard this before, that yes, heaven is real. Hell is real. But in hell, you're annihilated. If you ever hear the theology of annihilation, disregard it. And what the theory of annihilation is, is yes, you go to hell, but you're burned up immediately. You're annihilated. That's East Texas talk, hogwash. Because the Bible is clear that when the rich man opened up his eyes in hell, he was in torment. He was in torment. That... Tormenting lasts for an eternity. It lasts for an eternity. And hell is an eternal destiny of people who choose to reject the gift of salvation that God offers through his son, Jesus Christ. But for those who will choose Christ, listen, God guarantees us eternal life. Aside from this, He will help us to attain success and a full life of peace and order and justice. And despite the current circumstances we might be facing, He's there with us. He's there with us. He's there for us. In return, we should devote our lives to honoring Him. Look, He sets you free if you're saved. Honoring, blessing, praising, worshiping for what he has done for you. And whatever we do with our lives, we should always seek God's counsel and choose to honor him over everything else. Now next we see we have freedom to proclaim the good news. Do you realize that the opportunity that we have to share the gospel with others is a freedom that we have from God? The freedom to proclaim it. What's what's he say here in Luke 4, 18? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We're going back to what we looked at. Because he has anointed me to preach the good news, to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free. Look, now that we have been freed from the bondage of sin through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, like Paul, folks, we have the freedom to proclaim, the freedom to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. That's a freedom we have. This is because God did not just save us without a purpose. He saved us so that through us, people could come to know do you realize the privilege that you have, the privilege that he has given you to spread the good news, to help bring others to him so that they too can experience the freedom from sin? Folks, that's a great privilege. Jesus said in Luke 9, 19, 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Likewise, we who have experienced God's freedom by accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior should continue to spread the gospel to our friends, to our families, to our communities, to our cities, to our nations, you know, so that others can come to be set free from sin, to be set free from death, to be set free from an eternity in hell. Look, so we should we should become God's representatives and God's channel to salvation as we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And with this, we'll be able to help fulfill the Great Commission, just like Paul did until his death. Finally, freedom to enjoy life in Christ. Boy, what a freedom is that. You know, some people think, Well, it's kind of boring to be a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian because I can't have fun no more. Now, I know the fun that some of them are talking about. The fun is getting so drunk, and I've been there, been there, done that. I I ain't been this nice, perfect little old person that you see before you all my life. I was a heathen once. And you know what fun is to some people? Getting drunk, throwing up all over yourself. Waking up the next morning, maybe in your bed, maybe on the floor, not knowing where in the world you have been, what in the world you have been doing. Boy, that is so much fun. And then the headache that goes along with it, the feeling bad all day. That is fun, isn't it? How many of you have had that fun? Be honest. Come on, I'm being honest. How many of you have had that fun? Boy, wasn't it fun? Yeah, right. Some people say, well, you can't have fun like that if you're a Christian. Can I tell you something? I've had more fun being a Christian than I have when I was a heathen. A whole lot more. Folks, listen. We can enjoy freedom in Jesus Christ. We can enjoy our life in Jesus Christ. You know, he says in Romans 8, 1 and 2, he says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who has given us life sets you free from the law of sin and death. And then he says in uh, uh, Psalms 97, let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the life of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Let those who love the Lord hate evil. You know, I'm afraid that too many people within our churches today don't hate evil the way that we should as children of God. You know, as we continue to live our lives for Christ, God assures us that no matter what circumstances we may face in life, He will always protect us. And and this is the assurance for those who, who are His faithful ones, to those who continually live their lives under the grace of God. And with this, we as God's children aren't bound by the law of sin and death, but by the law of God's grace and His mercy. I'm so thankful for that. So we should continually live our life to the fullest, by making God the priority in our life. Is God the priority in your life, or is there some sin that's your priority? (sighs) Look, as we celebrate freedom tomorrow as a nation, let us always remember that true freedom is found in Jesus Christ. The freedom we're going to celebrate tomorrow 246th birthday of the greatest nation on the face of the earth is only temporary it's only temporary but folks the the freedom we get through jesus christ is eternal it's eternal so as we celebrate it uh, tomorrow let's remember the true freedom is found in jesus christ for christ freed us from the bondage of sin Christ will free you from the bondage of eternal death in a devil's hell and from all the evil things that Satan may throw our way. And because of this, Christ deserves to be praised. Christ deserves to be honored during the celebration tomorrow. This this just don't celebrate America. Now, again, I love America. I, I gave four years of my life to serve this great country. And I love America. And I hate seeing what these, you know, social liberals are doing to our nation. That so many people have given their blood to die for. And it it just gets to my gut when I see it. So as much as I love this nation, folks, I love my Lord more. So tomorrow when we celebrate the 4th of July, let's don't forget that true freedom only comes through Jesus Christ. So he deserves to be praised. He deserves to be honored as we celebrate earthly freedom, which is only temporary. Let me just close with this. This coming 4th of July, may the name of the Lord Jesus Christ be spread among all nations, not just the United States of America. Let's spread to all nations the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. For true freedom is found in the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, And his resurrection, in order that we can experience true freedom through him, eternal freedom through him. What about you here this morning? I don't know the heart of everyone here this morning. You may be a church member. You may have even went through the baptismal waters and say, well, I was baptized when I was, you know, uh, four years old, five years old, maybe 50 years old. I don't know. You know, that's all in good. But was you baptized or was you dunked? Now, the difference in being baptized and being dunked is if you went through the baptismal waters but never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you were dunked. True baptism only follows a commitment to Jesus Christ. It only follows us giving our heart and our life to him. And by being baptized at that time, you're saying to the world as you stand there, I have died to the old man. As you go under the water, you are, I am burying that old man. And then as you come up out of the water, you're saying, I'm resurrecting to a new life. That is true baptism. But that only follow us, follows us giving our heart and our life to Christ. Have you done that this morning? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that Christ has set you free from sin? That Christ has set you free From death, that Christ has set you free. If not, you need to take care of that this morning. We're going to have a song of invitation here in just a moment. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've never experienced freedom, freedom that He has to offer, you need to come when we start singing. Let us us get you with a counselor. Let us, you know, let them show you how to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Child of God, Maybe you're here and you say, I am saved. But there's this sin I am struggling with and I just cannot seem to overcome it. Do you know why you can't overcome it? Because you choose not to. Now you say, how in the world can you say that? Because we've just seen this morning Christ has set you free from it. And he said, if I set you free, you're free indeed. So the problem is not that you hadn't been set free. The problem is you're making the choice to go back to it. Are you with me? You're making the choice to return to it. You're making the choice to continue in it because Christ has set you free from it. Walk away from it. Stay away from it. Stay away from those who might tempt you to do it because you have been set free. Let's pray.